All right. Hello, everyone. This is A7X Fan Ben here with God Mason and, for the first time, Captain Bendari. This is episode number 23 of the Pirate CSG podcast, and we've got a, land, a lot of random topics on hand for you, as we like to do with these episodes. But first, I'm going to let Bendari uh, introduce himself fully. Hey, guys. I'm Captain Vendari. I've played this game since Pirates of the Caribbean was released. Actually, I found a couple packs of it at Walmart. Bought them, opened the packs. Inside was HMS Endeavor and the Barnacle, so those were my two very first ships. And I, I was honestly in love with the game as soon as I saw those ships. Put them together, I was like, "Yes, this is going to be awesome." So I've just I found some friends, got them into it, played it all through high school, and it was one of my favorite games for a very long time. Nice. So that's nice. a that's a brief review of my story. Yeah, nice. All right. By by Barnacle, did you get the Grand Barnacle and the Endeavor out of the same pack? No, no it was the uh, the one mask Barnacle. Yeah. Okay, because I was gonna say it couldn't have been Grand Barnacle because those yeah, are both no yeah, because yeah, those are both three card ships and they always have exactly six cards in each right. pack. Yeah, unless it was some you know freaky once in a million. Yeah, that'd, be, pack, that'd be cool. <laughs> get two rare <laughs> fives. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we do have a few little news things. Um, I should have talked about this a month ago on episode 21, but um, for you, those of you who've seen the this Vassal Campaign Game 4 review video or hype video, um, there's kind of a little callback to an earlier episode of the podcast in the Barbary Coast uh, set review where um, Gal Mason wanted us, myself and Bill, to uh, make the noise John Ward looks like he's making in the um, in his portrait for his card picture. And um, so then I included a little little callback to that in the video. So if you haven't seen it yet, I'll put a, uh, a link to the video in, uh, in the description in the posts for this podcast. And uh, it's one of my best YouTube videos yet, so I'm pretty excited about it. But it was fun to kind of tie in the podcast to the a video about campaign games. So that was fun. Um, and then... Another one, there's a new home for my fan site, uh, Pirates with Ben. Now is just pirateswithben.com without the Weebly branding, but it's pretty much starting over from scratch because I haven't been able to transfer the site effectively at all. Um, so I'm going to build it up from the from the beginning, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Um, I made a post on Minister Trading, and uh, links for the most part will now point to the new site. But it's going to be in progress for a while, so don't expect big things from it yet. But I'm going to be posting a daily blog pretty much every single day, I hope. And uh, and each day I'm going to try to add more content and eventually it should surpass the old Weebly site in terms of how informational it is, um, how exciting it is, new content and stuff like that. So that's, so that's exciting, but more of a long-term project for me. And then uh, the other thing, um, sometimes people request where they can get, you know, cheap stuff online and uh, raintiger.com, uh, tiger in this case spelled with a Y, um, T-Y-G-E-R, raintiger.com, um, the user Mind from uh, Miniature Trading, he sells pirate stuff on there, almost only pirate stuff, I think, and you can get some stuff for cheap. A lot of the rares are pretty expensive, but there are some gems to be had. Um, for example, last episode was the Caribbean set review, and we talked about Capitaine Cheval, um, who's a cargo wrecker, and Jailhouse Dog, a good UT. You can get that crew for twofer on the site for just 25 cents, so it's a pretty good price. Um, there's some other ones, like the Paradox is a solid pirate gold runner for $0.30. Cents. 
um, some Barbary Coast Corsair named crew for 50 cents. Um, the Cumberland Christian Fior were only 50 cents. So in the OE LL Gaysaros, um, the one of the best support gunships in the game, only 50 cents. So it's a good site. I've bought from it in the past, so I can vouch for it. It was a really good experience. And uh, miniature trading uh, premium members get 10% off, I believe. So that's a nice little offer too. So Raintiger.com, kind of kind of an underrated site to buy pirate stuff at. And so, there's actually some South China Seeds he still has available too. So that's something to check out if you, yeah. if you want to get some stuff, get some deals on things. I, right. I can actually vouch for it too. That's nice. where I got most of the stuff for my Balshuan build. So nice. yeah, Brain Tiger is a really good place to get some pirate stuff. I got, I think I got that stuff for like thirty bucks. So nice. I don't think I ever ordered from there, but that's just because I ended up buying more packs than anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm now at the point where rather than spending any more money, I would rather just do trading to get what I need. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't right. think I'm in the market for that, but yeah, yeah, there is some really good stuff in there. There's also Roberto Santana for thirty cents, who's yeah. a pretty important crew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I I agree with you there. I've done a lot of trades, and that's how I try to get stuff nowadays. So especially because mm-hmm. it's especially because it's more of a seller's market. The eBay prices have uh, gone for more on buy it now, and especially for auctions, it's been a bit of a bit of a seller's market the past like two two and a half years. So mm-hmm. better times yeah. trading than than buying in general. So. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about time we start to move on to custom units, isn't it? Yep. It is. Okay. So I think it's starting with custom ships organized version, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Okay. And it's Silvaxri's post mm-hmm. first? Yep, exactly. Okay. Which ship of his or crew are we going to do? I thought we could look at Dredge. Um, it looked like one we haven't done yet, so might as well take a shot at it. Um, the All right. is maybe a little bit more than halfway down the post um, for Sylvaxry. And uh, the dredge is a cursed one master. It has a 4L cannon, 5 cargo, SS movement, and the abilities say the ship cannot load treasures from wild islands, but also you may use an explore action on a Sargasso Sea or Whirlpool. If you do roll a D6, load a gold coin of that value onto this ship. So that's a really interesting one. So you sort the gold from terrain, which is kind of funky. Um, and the, the the flavor text explains it along with the name. Once a fishing vessel, it's next. Nets caught on the wreck of Davy Jones's fleet. To reward the crew for finding this lost ship, he conscripted them into his fleet. So it uh, makes sense. I'm not a huge fan of One Masters having more than four cargo, because they didn't really in the game, outside of a, a galley from Turn to Seven Shores, but... It's an interesting concept. I think it would be good in terms of staying out of trouble because you could load gold from outside the game, I guess it must be, uh, from terrain, and therefore maybe avoid conflicts at Wild Islands. And you could also avoid an opponent's fort if you source it from, from terrain instead of islands. So I think it's kind of a cool concept for the cruise, actually. I think it's pretty cool, but it's not specific where you load that treasure from. Is it yeah. a... I mean, this is one of those things that's like, do you load it from outside the game? That's what I thought. Um, yeah. If so, it's super game-breaking because if you've got Calypso or something you just drop a Whirlpool near your oh, home yeah. island, you can just roll over and over again. And if you've got like a hoist <laughs> that's in between Dredge and your home island, yeah. you've basically got a way to pour at least one gold into your home island every turn up yeah. to six. Oh, goodness. That's a good point with Calypso. Yeah, it's... Or, 
or wait, no, if you put um if you put one of the plus two gold crew onto oh. the uh onto the hoist, you're yeah. looking at three to eight gold every single turn. Wow. For free. So I think Dredge is it, it needs to be a lot more specific. Yeah. Um maybe on a five or a six you can load one random treasure from a wild island. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that seems a little less game breaking. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe because that exploit, wow, is yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty exploitive. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe if it was always a one, but then you still have the gold bonus problem. So. Yeah. 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 And if you end up stacking the gold bonuses, you still end up at four per turn, which is still outrageous. Yeah. 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 I prefer the random chance sort of thing. That's still powerful, but it's. It's it's not as bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that um, could, down, could go down to three or four. Five is a lot for one master. So yeah, I mean, what use yeah. does it have for five if you're going to be using it uh, for that ability, which you are? Yeah, yeah. Um, if we're done with that one, then the unit I would like you guys to have a look at on my post is HMS Thresher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could give the stats if you want, and then we give two back after. All right. HMS Thresher is a 16-point submarine, two cargo, SS move, three S guns. This ship eliminates two masts with one hit. When the ship is given a shoot action for every cannon roll of six, the target's controller eliminates an extra mast. For every one, eliminate a whole piece from this ship. Huh. Interesting. I think it could be cheaper, maybe. Um, it strikes me as, I don't know, it doesn't strike me as like a super powerful offensive unit. Um, and I, people know, I, I don't like that ability because I've had some issues with it. Um, Mm -hmm. roll a lot of ones on shoot actions, but that being said, I think some of the other, some of the other submarines that are two segments are comparable for 10 or 12 points, I believe. So I would say it could come down to maybe 13 or so personally. Okay. I'll lock it down to that, and I don't know. One day I might play test it and let you yeah. know how it goes. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably do Captain Helmsman. Just let it rip from there. Much. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on it, Bendari? Yeah, I'm just looking at that two mass with one hit ability and thinking about like the cost of HMS Endeavor at like 21 for a five master, just yeah. with that one ability. So, but the the downside is if you roll a one, you lose a whole piece. And it's mm-hmm. two mass submarines. So I, I'm kind of thinking the the cost is a little more fair than Ben's giving it. Yeah, yeah. I kind of forgot about the two mass with one hit. So maybe fourteen or fifteen could work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah, mean, it's like at, it's high risk, high reward. So, but it's fragile. It's it's very yeah. very high re- reward. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. That's uh, that's three masts on a six. Uh huh. Yeah, three masts on a six, and if you manage to get two sixes somehow, you're looking at six masts. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't see that part of the ability. That is... Uh, I mean, the plus side, it has the submarine keyword minus it can damage itself. So so I guess those sort of even out. So at about two-thirds the offensive capability of Endeavor, about, um, would you say it's probably worth... Two thirds the cost of Endeavor, say fourteen. Yeah, maybe. 
Yeah, it's just not something I would want to use because it's so, I don't know, for me it's more high risk than high reward because I'm probably going to get ones. And uh, you have to surface to do max damage, and then with submarine surface, they have to get smashed pretty quickly. So if, yeah. you, don't, if you don't start hitting, um, you're going to be in trouble. So I think a world hater maybe. Uh, Absolutely. Maybe oh, goodness. Like, yeah, like Norrington. A, a combo world hater captain. Yeah, like yeah. Norrington. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the question would be, would you want to do a helmsman or a shipwright? Because a shipwright would let you get away with damaging yourself once or twice. Yep. Uh, but a helmsman would make it easier for you to have the upper hand in engagements. Yeah, I'd rather have the helmsman to make sure I got the first hit or first shot. Oh. Or wait, could you could you do both of those with first mate Ismail? Yeah, Ooh. or you could do... Um, the Captain Helmsman combo crew from England, and then yeah. a world hater separately. Mm-hmm. Or if you felt like going nuts, the uh, you could do the Hermione Gold and Trevor Van Tyne combo and drop an extra oh. gun on it. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Then you could still have the ship, right? Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, you'd be slower, but but you'd have <laughs> hypothetically the capability to knock down nine masts in one turn with yeah. a two-masted chip. Yeah, yeah. Why would be slower? Hermione Gold is a helmsman. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That. It's a little crazy, but at the same time, you know, you're still kind of banking on good RNG there. That still only comes out to nine points. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Nine That's points worth of crew. Yeah, That's, probably. It's yeah. twenty-five points worth of ship plus crew for a two master. Yeah. Yeah. Man. yeah, it doesn't matter if it's a submarine. If somebody's got, you know, a canceller out there, you're yeah, toast. That's true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels like something's going to do a lot of damage right away, and then your opponent's inevitably going to target it and try to sink it. So. Yeah, so yeah, maybe 14 a... points would be fair. High-value target and glass cannon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. All right. <laughs> yep, I'm going to adjust that cost in my little sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think... Were we headed on to your custom set now? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah. Our epic seas, right? Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, the fourth tab on the spreadsheet. All right. And did you decide on one to do the uh, great apostasy? Yeah, let's do that one. Sure. Okay, I'll read it off. Great Apostasy is a 23.6 masted junk with four cargo and S move. The guns are 3S, 3S, 3L, 3L, 3S, 3S. Its abilities are Junk, Firepot Specialist, Stinkpot Specialist, enemy ships within S of a ship get minus one to their cannon rolls, which is kind of an ability that I sort of like. Um, so expensive, big, slow, reasonably armed, and it's got... Hmm... It's it's a weird one because I bet it's more effective than I'm giving it credit for. Yeah, I haven't played it yet, but I hope to sooner rather than later. <laughs> I'm guessing you can use both of those specialist abilities at the same time? Yeah, just not with the same Yeah, one cannon. for each cannon. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I kind of, they're not technically keywords, but it's, you know, almost the same thing. So, whatever. I didn't want to write both of those abilities out because the ability text would be ridiculously huge, so... Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's um, kind of like a slow dreadnought that like takes the takes the hope out of all she encounters. So, yeah. Yeah. And the, 
the the I'll read the flavor text in a second. Uh, Crushing the hopes and spirits everywhere is the great apostasy. An inky blackness seems to emanate from her hold, where the sounds of cursed hordes and tortured captives mix to create an eerie wail heard across the waters. Doom awaits those who who face her in battle. As well as a lot of stinkiness. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Stinky death. The great apostasy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those big epic cursed flagships, but it's really slow, so. I think it it's. Me. Yeah, it just. Okay, no, sort of non sequitur. I actually looked up what apostasy was not yep. long ago, so this is like, oh, wow, ran across the word that I learned. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking for ideas on Wikipedia and I found more than I expected so yeah i wanted to yeah. some of them the customs that would be yeah. fitting so there are a lot of uh, religious references in here yeah mm-hmm. any thoughts on the ship or no bendari um my thought is it looks pretty powerful just mm-hmm. from a uh just from a quick glance perspective it's yeah. it's got four abilities mm-hmm. which yeah, i don't i don't think you see very much on a ship I think uh, I was kind of thinking a little bit along the, the lines of El Corazado from Spanish Main, um, which mm-hmm. is also has speed and has a great defensive ability. This one does as well, but then um, gets slightly worse firepower, um, a tiny bit worse, and then um, but two points more. So it's a decent comparison, I guess. But hopefully, yeah. I'll mm-hmm. be able to use it once it- soon. Uh, one thing I really like about this ability, the enemy ships within S of the ship get minus one to their cannon rolls, is she can still be hit. Oh, yeah. It's not like that other ability where enemy ships within S cannot hit the ship. Yeah, that's I hate that ability. You don't that's even get to shoot at it. Yeah, like, I hate that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they still yeah. have a chance. And then, of well, course, there's plenty of long-range guns in the game, so you could just you could get regular cannons if you just stay out of the S range. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that kind of adds some value to L range guns, which I think are of limited uh, limited value a lot of the time. Another good thing about this is because it's not as extreme as El Corazado, I think fights between it and other ships may last for more turns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it makes yeah, sense historically. Yep. That's one thing I'd like too is to see longer battles between yep. ships and pirates because they they end way too quickly. They exactly. end in like one or two turns, and it's yeah. like, well, that was fun. What else do we do? Yeah, that's why I love the two hits for mass ability, which we're using in Battle in Game Four again. So, yep, right. Ships ships mm-hmm. sink too quickly too, or too often, I should say. So. Yeah, most of the time okay. they sink just from cannon fire in uh, in real life. So, all right, yeah. thanks for the feedback. Um, we can mm-hmm. move on to uh, next uh, custom thing here. Which was, was this, um, okay, that was Phoebe, or I think it was, yeah, was it Silvaxry or Xerex? Yeah, Xerex, Beans of the Blinds. Okay, yeah, which is kind of funny that I confuse them because they've both got, you know, X's in their names and all that. Yeah. That right. Anyway. We were so, doing an entire faction from that set? Yeah, the Cursed Faction. It's not nearly as big as from his last set, so it's good. Got <laughs> yeah, it. It's got 12 pieces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, why do I feel like I've seen some of these before? Uh, they might be in uh, organized version, probably. Possibly. They might have posted some of them in the regular custom ships thread, the old one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably. All right, let's start off with the one at the top of the list from this custom set, Fiends of the Blood Islands. It's called The Grim. 
and this is a sea monster. It's 20 points. It's one of the five-segmented squid things. All of its, I guess, tentacles or cannons, whatever you want to call them, are 3S. Zero cargo, SS movement. Keywords are, obviously, sea monster. Limit, eternal. Once each turn, you may eliminate one segment from the sea monster and give any other sea creature in play an action. So, I mean, I'm seeing something that's a... It's like Seleucus, but not quite. Yeah. You follow? Yeah, that's a, that's a solid comparison. Yeah, makes sense. It, I think... I think one major change that needs to be made is that it needs to say you can eliminate one segment instead of giving this sea monster an action. Yeah, I agree. Because That's otherwise you could just, you know, you could knock it out and then during its uh, its repair stint at the home island, yep. because it's allowed that with Eternal, you could just give an extra action every turn in addition to repairing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It seems too it's too automatic for me. So you take mm-hmm. out a segment, you don't even give up the action, and then another sea creature. And it's sea creature, not sea monster. So you could do this with dragons and titans, which is Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it's yeah. kinda of ridiculous. Um I would say for, for changes, I think he could nix limit and eternal. Um I think limit's kind of overused, but eternal makes this kind of overpowered in my opinion. So that's the change I would that would make. In that case, maybe it could even come down a, a little bit, like 18 or 19 points, but not by... I think even less than that. Yeah. I mean, the whole fountain of infinite extra actions thing uh, that we see with Micron and then a unit like this, those are just kind of... I think that's taking the game in the wrong direction. Yeah. Uh, which is why Micron is banned in so many... Uh, Groups. Banned in so many... Yeah. And... If you took away Limit and Eternal and kept the other ability, I would say 15 points is justifiable, maybe less. With uh, with giving up the action or written as is? Um, as is. Okay. Because then you're going to kind of burn out fast no matter yeah. what with this thing. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say 15 points take away Limit and Eternal. And then as is, it'd be okay. Okay. Anything else? Do you, uh, do you think the same, Vindari? Yeah, I agree. Cool. All right. Yeah, I'll go on to uh, Mabra's Steed, which is the next one. This is a four-mast or four-claw titan. It's 17 points first, of course. Uh, the cannons are bad, actually. 4S, 5S, 5S, 4S. Two cargo, SS move, link to Mavra. Uh, we'll see soon. And the abilities are Titan, and sea creatures within S of this ship get plus one to their cannon rolls. So this is mm. kind of like a, a sea creature cheerleader, actually, which is interesting. Um, I would say with those bad cannons, this is totally not viable at like 50 or 60 points. But if you're going, I would say, like above 100, and you're, you've are you got like a sea monster or sea creature squadron, this could be pretty good. Um, you could pair it with either... Uh, maybe Randonoidia or Brachiora, the other some of the other good titans, um, or just other sea monsters, and uh, pair it up well. But I don't know. As is, it seems kind of bad for for 17 points in a smaller game. I think you'd have to use a ton of points to get value out of this. 
Well, let's also check out the link, yeah, um, yeah which is Mavra, uh, which is a 10-point crew. The ability is once at the beginning of each of your turns, roll a d6. On a 5 or 6, any sea creature in your fleet may be given two actions this turn. Uh, so it's it's like halfway between Fleet Admiral and... Micron, yeah. Well, well, not Micron, no. Halfway between Fleet Admiral and normal extra action because it's on a 5 or a 6 as opposed to a 6. Yeah. But it only applies to sea creatures. So you've got higher odds of it activating, but it's unit-specific. Yeah. I think um, this is about right. Maybe 9 could work, but... Um, I'd say nine because yeah. sea creatures as a whole are kind of just not as good as ships. Yeah. Yeah, they're also just a lot more expensive too, typically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why they're not so good because most of them can't repair. So they're, they are by default disposable units, but they're just way too expensive to be disposable, almost regardless of game size. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As for Mavra's Steed, um, I mean, this is already one of the game's most overpriced abilities on one of the game's most overpriced unit types, yeah. and it's a it's sort of a more niche variant of yeah, that ability. Exactly, and it can't even Honest. it basically can't defend itself, so that's a problem too. Honestly, this thing could be ten points, and I think you'd still struggle to use it. Yeah, I agree for most games, yeah. I think with this combo with Mavra and the Steed, um, I think you would have to spend, I don't know, I think the game size would have to be absolutely gigantic for it to even be remotely like feasible. Like I think even 200 points or more. So it's kind of like a campaign game specialty thing, but even there, it's kind of fragile too. You'd invest about mm-hmm. 27 points or more, and yep. uh, you can hardly defend it, and then it would just get nixed after four hits, so pretty rough to yeah. yeah yeah i i think 11 points for mavra steed and then nine points for mavra that is still even pushing it um because i say 11 and 9 because then you can drop on a helmsman mm-hmm. yeah. which would be kind of important if you're gonna do that yeah yeah that I think sort of could, i think you could play test it at that level yeah yeah and even then i think you'd Probably rather use uh, what's it, Serpent's Bane or something? Serpent's Fang. Oh yeah, yeah, one of my favorite ships. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna go with the Sea Creature Shepherd um, sort of strat, there are existing good alternatives. Yeah, good point. And they yeah. even have a crew, um, Sargasso Nightmare and Egg of Tortuga are uh, boosters as well that you could put on a on a cheaper curse ship. So yep. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and do you have this sheet that we're looking at open, Vendari? Yeah, I do. Okay, would you like to start Wolfsbane? Yes, I would. So the Wolfsbane is a 15-point ship with four masts. Its cannons are 3S, 4L, 4L, 3S, with cargo space of 3 and base move of L. And her ability is once per turn, before you give this ship an action, roll a D6. On a 5 or 6, this ship may be given the same action twice. I'm going to say meh. Yeah, it's a very meh ship. I mean, this is (laughs) average or below in every way. It has has sat, which is a good ability. But I would say this ship, based on stats alone, is worth only eight or nine. Uh 
Yeah. Because, yep. I mean, you look at HMS Dover. Okay, HMS Dover is underpriced. But, um, I mean, 10 points, I believe, is sort of the standard for WizKids if you uh, – if you do a four master with all three L guns and L move and four cargo, no ability. Um, you look at this, I say this is an eight or nine point ship. So with this ability, it should only be 11 or 12 at most. Yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah. I think about 12 could be the low, <laughs> low end. It's got a great ability, but everything else is extremely forgettable. So yeah. yeah. Useless borderline. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I yeah. completely agree with that assessment. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. All right. Um, I'll, I guess I'll start on Nigrum Mortem, I think. I don't want to play the pronunciation game here because I feel like we may uh, we may start to get kind of rude. This is an 18.4 masted ship. Its guns are 3S, 2S, 2S, 3S. Three cargo, SS move. Abilities are fear. If this ship wins a boarding party, she may eliminate all of the other ship's crew. This seems straight out of Davy Jones' curse to me. And it does have semi-competent armament, but I think both of those abilities are overpriced. Me too. And, mm-hmm. I mean, this is probably not too far off from what the ship's worth. Um, yeah. What do you say about 16? I, that's what I was going to say. Exactly. Yeah, 16 sounds right. Me too. I agree. Yeah, 16, I guess, sounds appropriate. We all agree on that? Yeah, we do. Nice. All right. <laughs> it's like mind reading <laughs> or something tonight. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, yeah, Merchant's Lament for you, Ben? Yeah, Merchant's Lament is the next one. It's a 15.3 master. Cannons are 5S, 3S, 5S. Four cargo. SS move, and the ability is Armed Merchant, which says uh, it's a keyword. Once per turn, it's a free action. Uh, one of the ship's cannons may shoot at one enemy target within range. The shot may not have its range or rank increased. So you get like a free shot without a captain. Um, that said, though, this thing is a little little uninspiring as well. Um, maybe a little more unique than the Wolf's Bane, but not really much better. I would say this is probably a cursed gold runner with a helmsman and maybe nothing else. But with that, I would say maybe 11 points makes more sense to me. So. I was going to say something in that neighborhood too. Um, I was going to say around 10 because there are so many good gold runner options out there from other sets. I mean, if you go to Crimson Coast, I think you could probably count off 10 from memory to do this better. Yeah. Um, the armed merchant thing, I get what he's going for. Yeah. I don't think it's all that valuable. I know. I feel like that one might be over. It's like overpriced I, here. I think it's pretty desperately overpriced. I want to say that that's like a one point ability. Yeah, I think it's, it's, I think it's two or three, just because cannoneer is like a little bit worse, and you need a captain realistically to use it, and that's two points. So I think it's more. That's than one. fair. Get a free okay. shot. Two still points. Yeah. Still depends on yeah. the cannons, though. Here you've got a three S in the middle, but the others are bad. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is like. This is like one kind of middling defensive shot. 10 or 11 points, I'd say, is the most you could possibly spend on this. 11 is like, uh, not so sure. Okay. Because I, I know you can think of things you'd rather spend 11 points on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Not, 
Yeah, not for the curse, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It doesn't true. matter about the curse, because why would you play the curse if you want to spend 11 points? Yeah, exactly. well? Yeah. That is all, that's another good point. The curse usually do tend to be expensive. Yeah. And for no real good reason most of the yeah. time. Maybe Hangman's Joke. That's 11. So that's well, point. Hangman's Joke is at least kind of, you know, a neat ship to use. Yeah, she's exciting. Yeah. She's got a yeah. fog jumper ability, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the cursed seemed like they were whiz kids repository for all their crazy ideas that <laughs> most of the time didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. That's so they're all point. over the place and for the most part aren't very good. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um do all right, so what, yeah, Vendari, Balthazar. Yeah, so we have Balthazar as an eleven point captain. Uh what? and it, he looks like he's got the uh, the capture ability. Yeah, possession. Okay. Yeah, yeah possession. So we, if an enemy ship is within S of this ship, you can use the ship's action for the turn to try to possess a target crew on that ship. Roll a, roll a D6. On a result of 6, the target is immediately assigned to the ship. Its nationality changes to match the nationality of this ship. So he's basically Davy Jones with a captain. Or like Papa Doc captain? Yeah, Papa or Doc Papa Doc captain. captain. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's other ones, but yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking the uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean. Davy Jones has that ability. Oh yeah, he has the wraith, the that other ability. Yeah, Double yeah, like it's the one where they roll after they're eliminated, right? Oh, that's yeah. right. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You might be thinking of Edward Lowe. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's awesome. the other curse one. Yeah, they have a couple. I think this ability is five points max, so. I just I understand he's going with what was kids costed it at, but that makes the crew pretty much unusable. So I think yeah. uh, I think eight is a better starting point. I agree. I, I like this. I mean, I like the idea of the ability, but it's not actually that effective considering what you pay for it. So at eight, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and then it it makes sense to combine it with another ability too because the other possession crew. Just have it on their own. Probably to keep the cost down, so they weren't like eleven or like ten or eleven points. Um, right. <laughs> but I think in this case, it's good to save a cargo. Um, a lot of times, you'll want a captain on a possession ship. It's going to be kind of going to be snooping around enemies anyway, so it's good to have a captain aboard. So, but at, yeah. at eleven, it just feels unusable. Just like like even more unusable than the other possession crew. So mm-hmm. just adding to the cost. All right. And on. All right, I guess the next unit for us to talk about is Tyrion the Mad Scorpion King. There are a lot of references to that show Ruby by Rooster Teeth in here, which he was glad that I pointed out. Tyrion is six points, loyal, cursed, hostile pirate, uh, may eliminate all the other ship's crew when winning a boarding party. I think this is an overpriced ability, um, especially with hostile pirate, which, uh, I mean... I don't really see much point to this crew over the cursed existing options, especially with Hostile Pirate. I want to say five points, maybe yeah. four. Yeah, I, yeah. I, like the, I like the Massacre ability at five points. That's what I prefer. Yeah, yeah if you like that... it at five points, then then Hostile Pirate being worth minus one should uh, maybe be worth four. I don't think so, because Wolf has talked extensively about Hostile not really mattering that much. And even though the Pirate yeah. satisfaction, it's just kind of... It's pretty meh, so you don't really... If the curse want help, they can go to the French and Spanish, too. So, unless the hostilities to, like, all the other factions, then, uh, 
then in, in, unless it's to all of them, it doesn't really matter much. So more of a thematic thing than something that should affect the cost, basically. I'm sure there's a way to make a geopolitical joke out of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, who is going to do which oh, Queen yeah. Salem? Yeah, I'm on that one. Um, all right. Yeah, which Queen Salem is 13 points. And the ability is once at the beginning of each of your turns, roll a d6. On a result of six, any ship in your fleet may be given two actions that turn. All sea monsters in your fleet gain the fear keyword. Okay, so this is one of the ones I had a huge issue with um, because there's no cap on it. So this gets into the same problem that navigators and cargo masters have where the abilities don't scale at all in terms of the game size. So you've got the Admiral's action ability for six, and then all sea monsters in your fleet gain the fear keyword for seven which is not too bad um, in a game at like 100 points or lower. And you've got to use a lot of sea monsters to make it worth it, because if fear is worth two in general, you'd have to use at least three sea monsters or four to get value out of it, I guess. But um, I just don't like how this doesn't scale in cost. So if you use it in like a 500-point game or a campaign game, it becomes broken uh, pretty much automatically, just like Cargo Masters. So, And I'm pretty sure I've already talked to him about this in the thread. I think there should be a cap on it, like pick three during setup, or five even, and uh, just have the cost based on that. So then if fear is worth two, and there's a cap of three, maybe it could be 12 points with six for fear, or even cheaper, just to, you know, just in case the crew is eliminated, and then all the fear goes away immediately, so you can even do it cheaper. I just I just think there should really be a limit on it, not the keyword, of course, but... I'm personally a fan of sea monsters, and... I think this actually adds some value to them at the cost which uh, WizKids made them. I think it takes units that are of questionable to no value and makes them possibly worth using, even though the scaling is kind of weird. There's also the fact that this crew, if you don't protect it adequately, you lose it and you're losing a disproportionately large amount of value in a large game. I mean, yeah, this is clearly one that's supposed to be kept away from the front line. It's a fleet admiral, and it has a yeah. an ability that's meant to apply to a ton of ships. But as we know, I mean, if somebody deploys a sea dragon with an extra action, ideally with one of the cargo wrecking or crew killing abilities, it doesn't matter where you are because you can lose your crew to a heck of a lot of weird things in this game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think for good reason, okay, my my excuse for me saying that this crew probably doesn't need to be changed, in my point of view, is that it adds value to terrible units and it is such a high-value target that it's going to be difficult to use it to its potential no matter what. Okay. Yep. Any thoughts, Mandari? Or... Hmm. The only thought I had was what if um, it was it acted like one of the cheerleader ships and gave the fear keyword to sea monsters within, say, L or, yeah. even, or even S plus S of the ship? Yeah, I'd be all right with that. That's, that's not a good, bad. That's a good I think way the to cost limit would it have to too. come down. Yeah, that's a good way to limit things. Maybe maybe bank it uh, like ten or something. Yeah. Yeah, or I you like could completely. You could restructure it so it's just kind of a proximity bonus for yeah. sea uh, for sea creatures, mm-hmm. like a 
bunch of proximity bonuses. Um, yeah, I like that. It's probably a lot more reasonable. Nice. Love it. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one. And that would be you, Vindari. Yes, I'll take it. So this is called Morris Castellum. It's a four-mast uh, ship for seven points. Each time a... Is, is this a ship? Or is this a sea creature? I don't know. There's no stats for cargo or movement here. Uh, but it says each time a non-cursed ship comes within L of this... Oh, it's a Ford. Okay. okay. Roll a D6. On a, on a four through six, eliminate the crew with the lowest cost on that ship, which makes the uh, seven points a little bit more understandable as the gold cost for the fort. Yeah, that's a good one. I think it'd be best in, you know, big games, as he and I like to play a lot. Still really expensive, though. Yeah, Yeah, it's a lot of gold. you got to commit to that. Yeah, it'd be good to... uh, The Cursed have the most, like... um, L mover crew in the game where you can roll a five or six and move enemy ships, and then they've got DB Jones, of course, with the six all powerful six roll. So they could use some of their existing abilities to combo with this, and yank them into the range. But I think I don't know. It's not even that great though. I think you could eliminate maybe a random crew that's defaults to the lowest, which is probably not going to affect things very much, even in a big game. And at, well, at the same yeah. time, how do you really pick a random crew? No, I just, like, shuffle it or whatever, and then a random blind drawing. There's ways Mm. to do it. Roll a die. Yeah, assign numbers, roll dice, yep. Yeah, I guess it can be done. It's way too expensive for me to use. I think even in a big game, I'd say no. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we're ready for the next part, then. Nice. All All right. right. So, one of the suggestions from the uh, rules survey talked about um, obscure or random rules interactions, which is something I always enjoy. This is where it gets really dense with the pirate code and rules questions. So, this is kind of a fun, kind of a fun topic, kind of almost like a brain teaser or like a, like a challenge almost. And uh, a lot of times I'm wrong, despite my experience in the, in the rules thread. I sometimes guess in my head, and then Wolf uh, answers, of course. So, Derek's asked, uh, if Metal Hull is on the same ship as Monkey's Paw, um, so Metal Hull, basically, you have to roll a six to hit the ship, and then if it's hit, you remove Metal Hull from the game, and then Monkey's Paw means that if a ship uh, is given a shoot action, um, one of the cannons automatically hits the target. So, if Metal Hull and Monkey's Paw are on the same ship, um, basically, Metal Hull gets removed by the hit, which Monkey's Paw gives you automatically, and then the hull gets removed as a result. So I was a little, I don't know, I thought it, I thought it was kind of up for debate, just because Monkey's Paw doesn't say a, a six, and Metal Hull specifically says ships must roll a six to hit her. So, and Monkey's Paw is just an automatic hit, doesn't specify a number, and you don't have to roll. So I was a little, I don't know, I guessed wrong, because I thought the wording of Metal Hull would at least matter somewhat. So I kind of disagree with this uh, pirate code ruling. I don't know if either of you guys do, but... I I think uh, Wolf might be able to clarify it by equating Monkey's Paw to a six roll. Mm -hmm. If you know what I mean. Yeah, it just doesn't say roll, and there's no six involved, so it's just kind of... Yeah. I don't know. A little funky. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one where I think I get where Wolf is coming from and why it's said that way. I think it's a small gap between the uh, 
between the decision and uh, and the text that can be cleared up pretty mm-hmm. easily. Yeah, and then there was it made it even more complicated because uh, the same. <laughs> yeah, which I've been, I've been reading that while you've been talking, trying yeah. to understand this next part. Yeah, so the same ship with those, also those two UTs also has relics and cross of Coronado, which are both defensive. So, and Zerix asked, would either of them apply um, or affect affect the previous situation? And Wolf says uh, those both apply instead of eliminating mass, but don't negate the hit. So metal hull is removed, but the ship avoids mass elimination. So I, I don't know. I think this is one of the most complicated UT situations I've seen. Not that I was in the game, but that I've heard of. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it also proves, once again, that the game is a lot more complicated than people give it credit for, because it came came out as like a, quote-unquote, like, you're in pretzels game, but it can become really complex more than most people realize. Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Actually, that sounds like a really good evening, just beer, pretzels, and pirates. You know, just another thought on that uh, metal hull bit is that um, if the ship gets plus one to their cannon rolls, a five will also be be considered a six to satisfy the metal hull. So it's just another thing to think about when considering the monkey's paw issue. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Um, we could go to the next part. Um, one of the other suggestions from the survey was, would you guys consider doing a quick historical overview of some notable ships for crew? And this was actually something people had an issue with with WizKids for a long time. Uh, people wanted more direct historical counterparts in the game. Um, there's a lot of um, kind of like fictionalized counterparts. Um but one thing they did do was the Fire and Steel historical pack, which we will go over in full detail in the in the set review for that um, for that set. But in the historical pack, there were four historically accurate pirate ships, and each of them has a linked crew. So, for example, the first one is the Royal Rover with Bartholomew Roberts. Um, you've got the Queen Anne's Revenge with Blackbeard, uh, the Amity with Thomas Tew, and then the Minerva with Christopher Moody. So. I don't know how much you, uh, it's like the historical integration, but or if you have that pack or anything. I um, wish I did. I liked the fact that it existed, but I don't like the fact that it's so stinking rare. Yeah, yeah. It used to be more common, but it totally disappeared from eBay pretty much. I got mine for ten bucks, but it was that was a while ago when it was when you could actually find it. I can't really, so. By a while ago, you mean probably like, five years. Uh, maybe not quite, but at least three. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw a uh, a full set of those go for over a hundred dollars not oh, long wow. ago. That's oh crazy. wow, that's amazing! I'll to try to I that up. think yeah. I want to say it was like one hundred and forty bucks. I wow. wonder if it's still like in my watch history. That's but, crazy. Um, yeah, I think yeah. old old man in Germany may have extras. He used to. I don't know if he still does. Old man has a lot of extra stuff, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, it's sometimes hard to get into contact with him. Yeah, of course. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. There was one point where I was trying to buy, or yeah, I guess buy because he doesn't really do any trading. I was trying he to buy. Need to trade. No, uh, yeah, he's got everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got everything and then some. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was trying to buy some stuff, but he, he just dropped out of contact. It's not always easy to uh, to stay in contact with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But but poking more at historical ships, 
There's one from, I think it's Davy Jones Curse, called The Widda. It's spelled W-H-Y-D-A-H. I want to say it's a cursed ship. It's supposed to be all ghostly and all that. Yep, I've got one. Yep. Yeah, it's not a very good ship. But that, too, is a ship with a historical counterpart uh, called The Widda as well, which was a British ship at one point. But at some point it was captured by Black Sam Bellamy, who was uh, who is a well-known captain in the Golden Age of Piracy. I believe the ship was sunk in 1717, but rediscovered in 1984. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm reading some articles about that this year and last year. Pretty cool story. Yeah, I should read up on it at some point. Yeah. And uh, if anybody's looking for more historical ships, um, WizKids didn't make a ton of direct counterparts, but that's exactly what I'm doing with my main custom set, which is called Pirates of the Age of Sail. It's got, I don't know, I think over 400 game pieces already, and I'm adding one per day in the custom ships thread. So um, if you want more historically related stuff, um, my spreadsheet is linked in like most of my posts in the custom ships thread. And uh, that's where Epic Seas is as well. But my main custom set is completely historical. So if you like that side of things, uh, you can take a look at that. And I'm just going to keep developing it um, as long as I can. So, yeah. And then, yeah, there's a few. There's some other ones that are famous, like the Constitution, of course, from uh, Revolution. But, but mm -hmm. other than that, there's mostly kind of, it's kind of like debatable whether or not they were fictionalized versions or direct counterparts stuff like that so i know william eaton was a real marine so that's cool but, and Dick yeah take a tour of course yeah and john paul jones who yeah. i actually went as for halloween one year but mm -hmm. yeah i was a strange child going as american historical figures <laughs> nice. i have not yet begun to fight yeah Wait, is that John Paul Jones? What? Wait, no, okay, I'm I was thinking sure of, it was. Yeah, yeah, that was John Paul Jones. I was thinking of Paul Revere for a second. Oh. Um, the British no. are coming. The British are coming. Yeah, no, it wasn't him that I went as. Um, but anyway, uh, I think the next thing up was rule variants to get ships on the table. Yeah, yeah, that was another suggestion from the survey. Um, kind of vague. I don't really know what to say. Um there is a game ideas thread stickied on miniature trading that has a ton of uh, rules variants, pretty much every single one I've ever found, pretty much. So it's a compilation of a lot of stuff. Uh, there's scenarios and variant rule sets. So I would just check that out. Um, definitely. And yeah, that's that's kind of a concept in general that I that I like. I, I like to change up my games and uh, and change it up and use different scenarios, different different ideas, and uh, Vassal Campaign Game 4 is using a, a modified version of the Economy Edition rules um, by Canon Fury, so we're changing it up in that game, too. So, definitely a recommendation to stay interested in playing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, any other thoughts on that, or no? It's kind of big. Uh, I'm actually looking at Cadet Captain Mike's uh, random pirate setup tables. Nice. I played with those once before in high school and thought it was pretty fun. Might have to do that again. Yeah, I've done That's that. That's a way to get ships onto the table. Yeah, absolutely. Cut out, cut out the, uh, 
the point costs and a lot of unusable chips suddenly become useful, like all those cheerleaders, like the solitaire. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've done that. I've done the setup tables maybe three or four times. But yeah, it's definitely a fun one. I like that, too. Yeah, Cat Captain Mike's fan site is a, a wealth of great information, so... Especially for new people. Really great, great battle reports too. Yeah, that's what, absolutely. That's yeah, what inspired my own website. Same and, with me. Uh, yeah, same with my own battle reports. Yep, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't updated my site in a long time. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally fine up. But right. yeah, and then uh, another one: recent game recaps. It's something kind of a series we can do on these uh, numbered episodes. So I haven't played a lot lately. CG4 is kind of in limbo. Same with the Caribbean game. Uh, if anybody's wondering, they're kind of on hold for now, just kind of waiting for turns. But um, recently I played a 40-point game where I was able to test out my fleet where the Jade Rebellion has Calypso on the Tiger's Paw because that's a turtle ship for six points that allows pirate crew aboard. So I, I used that fleet, and uh, the gold score was tied, but I won on the tiebreakers of uh, mass eliminated points of play. So it did pretty well, and I faced a, a fleet with the Banshee's Cry and the Hype hanging it. Um, and yeah, so Oh, it nice. Did, yeah, it did pretty well, um, so I'm pretty happy with that. And uh, so I was I was pretty excited. And then the battle report is uh, in the thread, of course. So yeah, that's my recent, that's the only recent game, though, from last two episodes. That's always good to hear that a gimmick we sort of, I think, came up with on the podcast mm-hmm. is at least being used in the real world and with some success. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. I personally haven't played any games in months. Uh, I just finished up school. As I start to settle into what my uh, work schedule is going to look like over the summer, I might be able to get the playgroup back together so we can start having some games again. Nice. Um, but in the meantime, I mean, that'll be sort of down the road. Yep. <clears throat> Have you played any recently, Vendari? No, I haven't. I've had, I've had time this weekend. I've been trying to find a game, but I haven't found anyone to bite. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm usually busier on weekends than weekdays, which is kind of weird, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, all right, speaking of games, um, I'm going to launch into the video game segment once again. This week's game that I'm going to talk about is one called Puzzle Pirates, which I think still exists. I'm going to look it up while I talk about the game. But Puzzle Pirates was a pirate-themed MMO that was a sort of, well, it's a pirate MMO that's almost entirely played through puzzles of varying kinds. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, I, it looks like it's still running. It came out in 2003, and I guess that makes it about 15 years old. Um, almost everything doable in the age of sale, you know, you can do bailing, uh, you can, or, you know, you can do bilge pumping, you can actually uh, steer the ship, uh, and then there's boarding action, all that. It's all done through puzzles, which doesn't sound all that interesting, but it proves to actually be pretty addictive, especially as you start to get better at stuff and you start to get good rewards. Um, The character that I played as, and I I played this game when I was like, as a, when I was a kid or in my early teenage years, my character's name was Bicep. 
and Bicep was a boisterous fellow because um, I was, for some reason, like really heavy on role-playing a pirate in this. So anytime, um, like anytime we were out on a voyage and uh, we ended up getting into a fight and boarding started in like the uh, – in the pre-fight, like, chat, I would just start going bananas, like, kill! And... <laughs> Murder hobo! Yeah, well, kind of, because Bicep did have quite the black beard. Um, and kind of this weird green and white <laughs> marine uniform. Um, yeah, it was generally just kind of a, a weird fellow, but... I thought it was really quite a fun game and it's still up there. It's, it's still out there, still running. And for the most part, it's free. You can spend money on it, but almost anything you can get by just playing the game and using, uh, using your doubloons or what have you. I, I would recommend at least trying it out for a couple of hours for people who've got a lot of time on their hands. Mm -hmm. Um, not everybody does, but it is pretty easy to find people to play with, and I should check to see if uh, Old Bicep is still around. <laughs> they haven't, <laughs> you know, if to see if the muscle hasn't atrophied. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 I, I'll have to. I'll have to log in one of these days, or at least try to. Yeah. But that's all I have to say about Puzzle Pirates at the moment. Cool. Yeah, I'm on the website for a moment here. Thanks. Yeah, it, it looks childish, but it really is a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I believe that. Yeah. yeah. Being a All child right. is fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Okay. I think the last thing for us to do is uh, questions of the day. Yeah. Yeah, that pretty yep. much wraps up the content. So, um, <laughs> mine is the. Uh, what is your favorite feature or topic of the podcast? So there was a poll about this on Ministry Trading a while ago, but we've delved into a lot of other things recently. Um, so it could be set reviews. Obviously, that's, you know, a big feature of every other episode. Um, the news, the historical, um, the historical content, um, the custom reviews, some of the guest episodes, of course, and just some of the random topics, like covering the suggestions, of course, is something I want to focus on obviously from this episode we did a bunch of that so what's your favorite uh, feature of the podcast we've done so far mm -hmm. and one that i have to add is what do the listeners want to hear from us long term after we run out of official sets to do because we did the caribbean last episode which means there are really only three no well there are only four official sets left um Rise of the Fiends, Fire and Steel, Savage Shores, and Return to Savage Shores, which wasn't released, but we do have the stats so we can do the set review. So we've only got four of those left, and if we do them at you know once a month, we're going to end up running out of those in what, May, June, July. We'll be done in August. Yeah. So, cool. I mean, the question from there is, where do we go from there? If anybody has any ideas or suggestions, if we they want us to start if they want us to restart and re-examine the first few before we'd figured out the format um or or whatever from there then uh let us know what you want us to what direction you want us to take this in 
question, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anything else to say from anybody or no? Is there anything at all from you, Vendari? Uh, no, I think that wraps everything up. Awesome. All right. Cool. All right, yeah, so this was episode 23, and uh, we'll be back for 24 in a couple of weeks. So thank you for listening, and we're happy to have Vendari as a guest. So Thanks for bye. having me. Yep. All right, bye for now, everybody.